Hello, everybody watching and listening on the various platforms or on YouTube. We're doing a little bit of a different take on Very Not Random today. Adrian Bosman is a bit busy, so I'm running an interview on my own. And I'm very excited to speak with my guest today, who's Lawrence Chalet. Lawrence is somebody that I met a couple years ago at the Rogue Invitational. He's a beast of an athlete. He is a strongman competitor with a, a fantastic career. He is one England's strongest man before. He's won Britain's strongest man. He's won Europe's strongest man. He has competed 11 times in the world's strongest man competition, and he's been a finalist in five of those different times. And so he's a wealth of knowledge and not only in the world of strongman, but now he's later in life. Uh, he's going to be competing as a master's athlete. He's focusing on his family and he has lost 100 pounds and made fitness more of a focus. I really enjoyed every moment I've spent and got to know him. And I hope you enjoy the conversation. Lawrence, man, like I said before, the camera clicked on. I really appreciate you making the time out of your schedule in a wildly different time zone to come here and chat with me. No worries at all, buddy. It's good to chat. It's um, it's not a bad time for me as well. Just just got the kids in bed, so hopefully they stay in bed and, and all is good. <laughs> I say I'm stealing your peace and quiet time. This is, uh, <laughs> you know, you and I crossed paths for the first time, was it a couple years ago at the Rogue Invitational? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know what your exposure at that point in time was but i'll be honest you know for me it was really my first time having true real life exposure to the strongman competition i'd seen it and i think like most people do world's strongest man would come on tv i'd be like look at this guy who is the size of a rhinoceros lifting a car off the ground that's unbelievable but that was but that was really it um and then actually being there in real life i get to meet you and a whole bunch of other people and I walked away from that with a bunch of respect for the strongman community, a whole new appreciation for their level of power and athleticism and, and training. And, and I just was like, man, it'd be great. To, you know, my audience is primarily CrossFitters and it'd be great. I'm sure there's a ton that we could learn from your world. And so that's the kind of the whole point of me wanting to link up with you. Yeah, it's cool to to come on and and you know I think CrossFit and Strongman there's a lot of crossover. So it, it kind of we've had some fantastic athletes that have started off in CrossFit, found that they've enjoyed the strength side of things a little bit more, and, and come into Strongman. And you know I've I've kind of delved a little bit into CrossFit myself. I've tried to focus on losing some weight. I like a lot of kind of variety in terms of training as well and, and different challenges. And, and I've enjoyed watching CrossFit for, for a number of years now. So it was cool to to be at the the games, meet you, meet some of the, the athletes in, in a different sport. But I think everyone had that respect for each other, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I would agree with that. And you mentioned your your weight loss journey, which we certainly want to touch on. But But prior to you and I linking up at the Invitational where you were doing, I believe, color commentating for the strongman side of the house. What was your level of familiarity with CrossFit prior to the Rogue Invitational there? So uh, not too bad. I, I kind of originally watched um, the the fittest on earth on um, okay. Netflix. Yeah, yep. that was probably my first introduction, and then I started kind of following Matt Fraser and and some of the the other the, the female side of things. As well, I was always blown away by how impressive the the women were, not just in no terms of fitness kidding. but strength as well. Ridiculous. I mean, Toomey would make a, a good powerlifter or a strong woman. So mm -hmm. I kind of I've I've kind of like 
dabbled in and out of it. I used to like kind of coming up with training ideas, watching CrossFit and li- different challenges uh, and pick what, what what I found would be useful from CrossFit to help my own conditioning and cardio for, for strongman. So I, I like using like the ski ergs, the, the rowers, things like that, short burst um, or workouts like Grace where... Okay. You know, things like that aren't lasting too long. <laughs> it's, it's, it's quite good for, for a strong man. 90 second type workouts, two minutes, etc. That's Was that something limit. that you always dabbled with, like through your strongman career? Or is that more later in the career more, as you maybe got exposed to some different methodologies? Yeah, more later on, it was kind of, um, I was trying to kind of prolong my career and try and bring my fitness back up because I was quite fit to start with. And then I got really big and lost a bit of that mobility and speed and fitness that was my strength originally. And then I was trying to use some CrossFit workouts to, or CrossFit elements, I should say, to to help, um, you know, I might do like grace, but with a log, for instance, mm-hmm. or an axle and just ch- challenge it in different ways. You know, my cross, at least when it started, was a bit of a, a niche sport, like started underground. It's much, 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 much bigger now from where That's it started. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know, a couple of decades ago. But you can think a solid argument that strongman is still a niche sport or, or a much smaller pool of society participates in strongman yeah. now. And this even after TV coverage. So let alone when you got into it quite some time ago, I would have to assume it was even more elusive and more of a niche sport. What in the world captured your attention back then when it wasn't on everyone's radar that you started dabbling there? Yeah, like you said, Strongman is actually the, the last few years, Strongman's really exploded and got so much bigger. When I started, it was like Strongman, what the hell is that? Um, <laughs> there's this tradition in the UK with Strongman being shown at Christmas time. So a lot of people oh, really? do watch Strongman over Christmas in the UK. Okay. So they, they, they've had that. St- Stability, if you like, year on year, and um, we, you know, we had Jeff Capes, who was a former World Strongest Man winner from the eighties, and um, he, he became quite a big star. So people knew of Strongman, but it was always just this sideshow that was shown at Christmas time, like a fringe sport. Sort of- yeah, exactly. And then over the last few years, it's really grown. We start having a lot more arena mm-hmm. shows now. Um, the Giants Live Tour is, is in front of, you know, 12, 15,000 people, indoor arenas, which is good for, for a sport of our size. And it's it's growing all the time. And then when Rogue took on the or invited Strongman to the CrossFit Games, the Arnold, there's a, there's a few big events now all over the world. And it's really in a it's it's kind of like shooting up now into where not where it should be but but it's on the way and the popularity is oh. growing and i think sports like crossfit have really helped that we've we've had a lot of um you know andrea thompson who's one of my clients she won world's strongest woman a few years back she started in crossfit and i think oh, crossfit helped many sports because it's allowed people to try different things you know you you, you come in sure with crossfit you've got so many elements and I think some people will come and they'll enjoy the the, the powerlifting workouts or strength workouts and think, oh, 
this is for me. Then they kind of come into strongman. So it's it's helping other sports as well. And, and you know, I know a number of people that have come over from CrossFit decided they didn't like the endurance type events and <laughs> right, focus right. on the pounds. <laughs> people love lifting, man. I mean, they love even in CrossFit. You know, there's I think what CrossFit did is it put a barbell into a lot of people's hands. You know, prior to that, a lot of what was popular working out when I grew up was a lot of machine-based stuff, you know, pec deck, leg extension, leg curl. Nobody squatted or deadlifted or power cleaned. You just no. didn't, you, you bench press. That was especially, what you did with the barbell. Especially women as well. Oh, yes. Like yeah. the, 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 the strong woman has grown substantially over the last 10 years. And I think a lot of that has really been to do with two things. Social media has helped mm-hmm. hugely and, and CrossFit. Yeah, and and getting barbells in people's hands now we're squatting and deadlifting. And so you get a sense of what different loadings feel like. And so, you know, before I was even trying to do something resembling a clean and jerk or a snatch, you know, I'd be a teenager or a young adult watching the Olympics and I'd see them walk out in the singlets and just throw this barbell over the head. And I was like, I guess that's hard or impressive, but never having done it, I had no point of, of even sure. concept of what it could be. Now, having tried it, I, I look at that, I'm like, Whoa. And same with yeah. somebody squatting or deadlifting. Like now I know what squatting or deadlifting a certain amount of weight feels. And I see a strong man or a strong woman. I see what's in the bar and I can go, holy cow. Yeah. You now can relate to I it now. get it. Yeah. Now yeah. I get it. And so there's that, that wonderful unity of being uh, connected through, connected through the steel, connected through the barbell, you know? Absolutely. It, it makes a big difference. I think originally with strongman you had to make things look visually impressive so that people thought it was right. good it wasn't necessarily always the hardest event but they tried to make it look impressive whereas now people actually appreciate how heavy these things are that the guys and the girls are lifting 100 percent. and so what again certainly was a fringe sport but what what made you know uh, a young lawrence drift towards the strongman world. I was always fascinated by strength. Superheroes, you know, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger films, Sylvester Stallone films. Absolutely, you know, man. Th- those kind of things that we grew up with. Um, and just lifting. I used to just like challenging myself. I, I was very sporty in, in a number of different sports. I, I competed quite a high level in rugby. I was British champion at Kung Fu, did athletics at school. Oh, so wow. I, I've always done sport. You know, sport is the, um, is a passion. I like many different sports and have always been fairly good at whatever sport I've done. Uh, wasn't so academic, to be honest, like sport was, was kept me on the straight and narrow at school. Um, I, I, I was actually quite dyslexic, so I, I, su- I suffered a bit more with the academic side of things. Okay. And I used to get distracted, and, and, and sport gave me a focus. So I've been, you know, doing sport from the age of three at various different levels. But most sports that I've done, I've got to at least like regional or national level in, and I'm I'm very competitive. So when I do something, I want to be as good as possible in it. And, Interesting. Um, I was I was actually just watching World's Strongest Man, and I was watching Britain's Strongest Man, which was on TV in the UK in 2004. And I just decided I wanted to try it. I was like, this stuff looks cool. I want to challenge myself. It was kind of, yeah, Britain's Strongest Man, and then 
over the Christmas time going into 2005, I, my parents bought me a gym membership and that was it. I was in the gym, squatting, deadlifting and looking for a competition. I I, I managed, it was so much harder back then to find any competitions, but um, especially for strongman, because it was such a a niche sport, but I managed to find one and entered and that was it. I, I, I was absolutely hooked, loved it. And from that moment, I was like, this is the sport for me. Oh, no kidding. Interesting. And, you know, as an, as an outsider looking at the sport, you know, I, I just see what I see and I have a high level of ignorance because I'm, I'm not a strong man. And, and so I just see things and, and I don't know if they're correlated or not correlated, but, you know, to some degree, there's the whole mass moves mass, right? And you don't see too many strong, they're huge individuals, you know, towering figures and, you know, weighing hundreds and hundreds of pounds. They're massive mountains of people. And, you know, did you, when you started to get into that training, significantly start to just bulk up and grow and eat more, um, you know, like that seems like an- I was reasonable, I, I was a chubby child. <laughs> so As was I, my I, friend. As I was, was I. I was- I was overweight and, but I was weird. I was like a parkour athlete in a fat suit. Interesting. That was how I was described by a friend of mine once. I was extremely athletic, even though I was kind of, I I didn't look athletic. Huh. Okay. And, um, you know, I had bad eating habits with, with food, nutrition and stuff, but I just loved training. I loved challenging myself. You know, I was doing like flip back back then i could do backflips now oh wow um, i'd probably break <laughs> yeah. if i tried uh <laughs> you know a bit, bit older now but yeah i was just naturally very athletic and um strongman suited me well i wasn't necessarily the best at, in terms of like bench pressing and overhead pressing but i had a very strong back i had very strong legs and a strong grip and i could move exceptionally fast so i i became kind of you know i picked up the moving events pretty quickly things like the super yoke which you guys see in crossfit mm-hmm. um you know farmers walk type events when it was carrying weights that's where i tended to to really excel um, oh, and I just love okay. the challenge. I, I, you know, I, I eventually ended up breaking world records in those type of events, but but originally they came quite easy to me, um, just to move with heavy weights. Interesting. So you're kind of a unique a unique character from you know describing yourself as being overweight yet quite agile and athletic. That's an interesting pairing, and so I can see how that would serve you really well getting into strongmen. And you know, I been poking around your YouTube channel, which I recommend everybody goes to, and we'll, we'll put some links and stuff in, in there as well. Um, but you mentioned something in a video that you were doing with your wife. And again, as somebody new to Strongman, I didn't realize that. And I think it was somebody asked a question about mass moves mass and, you know, people weighing, you know, three, 400 pounds in Strongman. And you made some mention of like, yes, that's what you see, but you don't realize how many events that might be a hindrance more than a help. And there's a whole lot of things that aren't just strong for one rep that you have to be in, in strong man. And, and that didn't leap out to me as a new viewer. So what did you mean by that? Yeah. I th- one thing I kind of noticed recently, especially with social media, you know, people jump on bandwagons and they, they'll see a lift that say, you know, you take a, a world record bench presser, for instance, someone, you know, who can bench seven, eight, 900 pounds, doesn't necessarily make them a good strongman. 
Mm. They, they they may be exceptional in that one movement, but to be a good strongman or strength athlete, you need to be well-rounded. You don't necessarily need to be the best at anything, but you can't have a weakness. Very much like CrossFit, you know, mm-hmm. you can't have a big weakness, otherwise you're going to drop too many points. Their point scoring system. So for strongman, it's a little bit different to CrossFit, but it's, say you've got 10 athletes in a competition, you get 10 points for first down to one point for last. And then mm-hmm. whoever has the most points at the end is the overall winner. So you've got to be looking at top five, top three on every single event, really, if you want to win big major titles. And when you look at the structure of a strongman competition, normally there's one or two events that require brute strength where that top end power is is key but then we have events like um, actually this year at the CrossFit Games they had the sandbag carry for distance it was a 400 pound sandbag so it's a big heavy sandbag (laughs) but you still need good kind of you need a a good engine and good endurance and the ability to cope with lactic acid to, to carry that weight a long distance now you might have this guy that can bench 800 pounds but he might be goddamn awful uh carrying a sandbag for for any type of distance mm-hmm. so to to be the best you, you need to have that well-rounded ability and sometimes just being the biggest is not going to help in that you may find you focus on the the top end strength and those other elements get worse you've got to kind of find that happy medium of what body weight suits you i've been i've been as heavy as 170 kilos so like 374 pounds yeah my biggest my squatting and my pressing was phenomenal but my deadlift got worse because I had this big belly in the way and it affected my mobility and my moving, which was my strength originally got slower. Mm. So I, Everything's a trade-off. My, yeah. Even though my squat was better, my pressing was better. I was placing lower in competitions because my overall performance wasn't as good. So when I kind of bring my weight down a little bit, bring those mobility and moving events up a little bit more, my deadlift, because mechanically I can move in a better position actually gets better. And although I was, I was known as having ridiculously strong legs. So, you know, whether I could squat a thousand pounds or 950 pounds wouldn't affect my overall points that much. I might drop a place or two, but I'm still going to score good points. Whereas now at that better body weight for me the other events i'm scoring more points in so it's trying to have that strategic all-round package to do the best you can in a full competition rather than just excelling in one event you know those those loadings and weight that you just threw out there that you know potentially just throw it so casually in the world of strongmen <laughs> are 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 science fiction to most <laughs> you know even quite capable human beings walking the planet which is what's so impressive to see when you were you know, just add it in your heyday, all in, you know, kind of uh, at, at, looking back, what you would consider your your peak performance or whatnot. What did your training schedule look like? Were you in the gym every single solitary day or is recovery critically important? What was that balance? Recovery is really important and it, it would vary depending on what kind of competition I had coming up. So strongman, a good way of kind of... I guess describing it is a little bit like the, I don't know if you're a tennis fan, but you know, tennis have the various different grand slams. Okay. So you've got Wimbledon on grass, you've got French Open on clay, and different athletes specialize in, in on, sure. on different types of service. You do find that some athletes specialize at certain kind of competitions. So in Strongman, some of the real big major competitions, you've got the Arnold Classic, which is seen as the heaviest competition. And oh, okay. We would have had world's strongest man, especially back in like the you know the early two thousands. Um, it, it was a little bit more 
speed conditioning based. So someone like Marius Pudzianowski really excelled there and Zadrinus Aviscus would have excelled more on the heavy static type events at, um, at the Arnold Classic. As the sport's grown, it's kind of merged into one where the, the weights have got heavier for the fitness type events, but there's been a bit more fitness added as well. So we, we do see just ridiculous weights everywhere <laughs> and, and the athletes are fit as well. Um, and but does you, that... you, you... Oh, go ahead, please. I was just going to say with, with my training, I'd look at the competition I've got coming up. If it was a very, very heavy static competition, I might reduce my training volume to three or four days a week, focusing on hard, heavy sessions and then lots of recovery. Whereas if it was a bit more speed based, I would try and make sure my conditioning, fitness, technique, et cetera, would be better. And you may add more training sessions in. So it, it would depend on, on the overall end result and goal that you're focusing on. If I was focusing on just a huge deadlift, I might just train three times a week. But mm-hmm. a full competition that's got, you know, 10 events in, I might be training six days a week. But all those days wouldn't be big, heavy weights on your body. Not necessarily. Uh, you'd burn out way too quickly if you tried right. to go heavy all the time. Uh, you know, like any sport, I, I might have a heavy deadlift day and I might have a, a technical speed day mm-hmm. where you're focusing on, on movement or a s- certain strongman event. If I, I, I like to work in terms of percentages and work up to, to peak for a competition. So mm-hmm. I certainly wouldn't be going in the gym lifting as much as I could every single session. It's just a, a surefire way to, to burn out very, very quickly. I'm in full agreement with you. And there's an interesting thing, and I don't want to paint the entire CrossFit community with a broad brush, but there are some segments of the CrossFit community now that have fallen in love with heavy barbells and, and understandably so, super fun. Yeah. And and they have conflated strength with fitness, right? Where one is a component of the other, that, or they could be, you know, you could be profoundly strong, but not necessarily fit, you know, yeah. but you can't be really fit without being adequately strong. Let's go ahead and say that. And so they're lifting. Um, I mean, there's, we've got some just regular people in the gym lifting like every single solitary day, going heavy every day, like six days a week. And then wondering why they're not getting the benefit out. They're like, well, I don't understand. I do it all the time. And it's tough for them to wrap their head around that you actually should probably tone it back significantly Absolutely. because you're, you're doing too much and you're not, but you're, you're lifting too frequently. So to hear from somebody who was utterly and completely mission focused on getting as strong as possible and to hear that you would do three lifts a week, maybe four, you know, four, we've got, like four heavy sessions would be the absolute limit, but even then right. you'd have to program and that's a deload session. A, you know, just to be a strength athlete, not a, a you know a well-rounded like CrossFit athlete who is like trying to do fifteen other things. So I think that's a, I think that's a great lesson that I, I hope a lot of people walk away with. It's like, oh, this guy got that strong on three to four days a week. Why am I lifting six days a week? I probably don't have enough rest. That's why I feel beat yeah, up. If you're doing everything else as well that you need to in CrossFit, you're going to start going backwards pretty quickly doing that. <laughs> yeah. And I remember we were sitting, we were sitting at one of the meals there at the Rogue Invitational, which were delicious, by the way, and all the desserts <laughs> were amazing as well. They, they, but, they have some great food there, don't oh, they? Oh, <laughs> goodness. <laughs> For a couple of guys that have a sweet tooth, they're not doing us any favors. <laughs> And I was trying to pull out of you what your like one rep max back squat was. And what I found fascinating was at first I thought you were like dancing around the subject, ah, and this, that. And, and then it came up that you said something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, correct me if I'm off. You're like, you know, we, I didn't train so much 
for this like one rep max back squat, what was more useful was squatting heavy loading over and over and over again, which I never would have um, I never would have associated that because you know when you see the strongman, we're loading up the elephant bar. We see like a one rep, and I always associated with the deadlift side of the excuse me with the back squat side of the house. That was uh, the same as well. But am I remembering that properly, or was there Absolutely, more time spent yeah. I mean, on the higher rep stuff? The back squat doesn't crop up that often, particularly for a max in strongman. Like I've been competing in strongman over twenty years, I've never done a max back squat in a strongman competition. I've seen it a couple of times. Actually, it actually happened last year at the Rogue Invitational. Uh, sorry, the um, Arnold Classic. Um, but most of the time when there's a squat in a strongman competition, it's for reps. Okay. And leg strength for strongman tends to be more focused on endurance. Not not like a, a running endurance, but we've got to pull mm-hmm. trucks where you're, mm-hmm. you're kind of going flat out for 45 to 60 seconds or running with heavy weights on your back. So you need strong legs, but you need that endurance. There's a lot of very, very strong power lifters, but they don't have that ability to to pull a truck because they can't cope with the lactic acid buildup in their legs. So one of my probably most impressive squat sessions, I, I squatted 550 pounds for 20 reps. I, <laughs> I, I consider that, you know, I consider that pretty impressive. And, yes, you know, it, I mean, those last four reps got really, really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yes borderline um, religious experience those last four yeah, reps huh? I, i'd say i mean that was harder than any one rep max that i've done you know, oh, one sure. rep max is just a test of where you're at whereas when you've got to dig deep for those reps when your legs are shaking and the the blood is kind of squeezing into the muscle after every single rep that is a nasty place to be in and in a strongman comp where you're trying to beat the next man and do one extra rep it's, it's that mental strength to push yourself so whereas that's interesting one rep max you just lift it or you don't yeah, so it's, you know, as a a novice viewer and someone who appreciates the sport but is still learning about it, like I didn't realize that, you know, that the one rep max back squat didn't have so much as a coveted place in competition. Deadlift for the, max is different because yeah. So why is that? Why is why does did one I get think, embraced and one didn't? I think didn't? the main reason is a deadlift is much easier to judge. Mm, okay, so sure. With a deadlift, you just pull it from the floor to lock out. On a squat, you've got the the rack to start with. You've got depth variation. You know, knee wraps. There, there's a lot more that you've got to look for. So I just think, in terms of setup, getting through quickly, a deadlift is just simpler to do than a squat. You know, for as much you know time of your life as you focused on you know improving. Uh, some critical lifts such as the squat and the deadlift are, you know, from I'm thinking maybe CrossFitters watching this and they're like, man, this guy knows so much about squatting and deadlifting. Are there a couple of things that if somebody was obsessed with improving their squat and deadlift that you see is like, hey, if you're not doing these couple things, these are my go-tos all the time. Do does it do any of those movements or training sessions pop into your head for either the squat or the deadlift as like as like must-have items? technique is probably key so Mm. understanding technique and technique that suits your body shape as well there's usually a number of components that work across the board and then it's tinkering with things to to suit your 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 leverage and your your, you know physique um but a couple of things or a couple of movements that i think are really good for helping technique are paused reps 
and tempo mm, okay. reps. So doing movement slowly. So you really master the movement before you kind of load up the weights. I often will get clients or, or myself, uh, I'll do my heavy work and then I'll back off and focus on five second tempos, pause reps in, in different variations. So, so you kind of my assistance to a squat or a deadlift will be a variation of a squat and deadlift, but a much harder variation done with less load, focusing on form. And, and then it's learning how to brace, maintain that positioning and understand which muscle groups that you're using. And I, for, for people that are kind of listening, my best lifts are done when I get to that point where I've trained hard and you know, you've gone through the process of learning technique putting in a training cycle. And then when I stop thinking about technique and just think about applying power, hmm. that's when I lift the biggest weights and my body's just going on autopilot in terms of movement. And I just approach the bar like a raging madman and apply as much power as possible. I can't do it anymore. I'm too old. I've had too many injuries, <laughs> but when I was younger, you know, I could just take myself to this kind of crazy place and uh, I was able to, to, I had no fear back then as well, which helps a lot with lifting. Right. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, I look back and say, how did I do that sometimes now when I get under, you know, I get under 400 pounds now. I'm like, Shit, this is heavy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've been under, under, you know, 880 pounds for reps before. So. <laughs> different phase of life. Indeed. You know, different but phase yeah, just of life. Mastering technique. Um, I think that's key. That's probably one thing I would have made sure I changed early on in my career. I was the typical, I want to lift as much as possible and, and push myself. And my form wasn't great when I was younger, but when you're young, you can get away with it. Um, mm-hmm. So that's something as I got older, I really started to focus on making sure movements were better. I basically learned a lot from getting injured. <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you say that because that's kind of where I was going to go, which is, you know, I'm learning more about this, the strongman community, but I'm, you know, quite familiar with the CrossFit community. And in the world of CrossFit, you know, you can make CrossFit whatever you want it to be. Like you can be a recreational athlete, not interested in competition. You're just looking to prolong your long-term health and fitness, live independently, be capable for as long as you can. Or you can, there's a sports side. You can compete in the sports side. You can compete in the sports side casually, like a local throwdown, or you can really actually try to go to the big stage and be the fittest on earth. It's kind of something for everybody. Well, at the peak of that pyramid of, at the fittest on earth, and these, you know, and I've got plenty of CrossFit Games athletes as close friends, so I'm not saying anything that I wouldn't say in their presence or they wouldn't say themselves. A lot of them will be very honest, like, look, Yes, I'm doing CrossFit as a sport, but what I'm doing right now is not healthy. Like, don't confuse it with being good for my knees. Like, I'm trying to be the best on earth at something, and I'm taking some risks that I would never recommend the general population take. And they're banged up, and they've had surgeries, and it just kind of comes, you know, they try their best to avoid it, obviously. But if you talk to 10 of them, there's going to be a very similar story that you heard. So I guess my question is, you know, you've been at the top of this game, you know, and just doing at it, doing it for so long and heavy sessions and squat, dead press and all kinds of accessory work and training sessions. What is, you know, what's the toll? What's the price you pay for going down that path? Yeah, it's for me, particularly it's, it's been nasty, you know, uh, competing. I I think competing at the top level of any sport is not healthy. Agreed. Agreed. You're trying to achieve a goal 
and your focus is is all driven towards achieving that goal. And most top athletes are, are willing to push themselves to limits that just the the, the average person is just not willing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, through my career, I've picked up numerous terrible injuries that would have finished a lot of other people. I've torn both quadriceps. I've torn my oh. hamstrings, but both biceps, my tricep, my lat, labrum, uh, you know, my walking ripped <laughs> right. <laughs> muscle, basically. Uh, I kind of ruined my bodybuilding career before I got started. <laughs> but it was a passion for me. I absolutely loved what I did. And, you know, as devastating as it was getting some of those injuries, it actually allowed me to to learn. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I'm lucky now I work as a, a quite high level coach. I, I train a lot of high level athletes and I, it, I actually found getting injured made me go and research more and made me oh, learn sure. more, figure out, okay, why did I do this? Firstly, there must be a reason. Sometimes at the top level of sport, you are just pushing to the absolute limit. I've seen athletes that do all the prehab, they do all the proper warm-ups, they wear all the perfect technique, their, their, their movements are perfect, they wear supportive gear. But when you are dealing with these kind of weights or you're pushing your body to extremes, there is always a risk. It's like being in a, I use the kind of analogy of being in a Formula One race. Mm. If you back off five miles an hour off the, the speed, You'll get around safely, but you right. won't win. Yeah, you know. So if you are, if you want to be challenging to win these major titles, you have to be willing to put yourself on that danger zone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, unfortunately, it doesn't pay off, and things go wrong. Other times, you get it right, and you know that was my career. Nine times out of ten, it was either I did really well, and you know I was lucky enough to win some huge titles. Other times I got injured and ended up, you know, ended up in hospital on the theater table. <laughs> yeah, or just you're just riding the razor's edge. Absolutely. You know, with yeah. big risk, Whereas big, now, big reward. I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to compete in a master's comp this year, but I'm not doing it as a pro anymore. I'm well, being... Well, that's what I wanted to say. What is, what now I want to, you know, that being said, what does training look like these days for you? So, you know, I mean, for the last couple of years, it's, I've, I've trained mainly almost every day to be honest i i do arm wrestling now i've just this last few weeks started getting back into some strongman training i plan on competing in the masters british awesome. uh, strongman this year and the masters worlds and everyone you know I've, i'm going to be competitive it's the natural instinct of of, of an athlete but everything else come like my business my family all that come first mm-hmm. and training is is secondary to that now i'm not going to take any big risks in terms of health you know health risks on my body i just love training it's fun whereas when i was trying to win world strongest man it was i will do whatever it takes to be the best that i can be i got my body weight up to 375 pounds that's not healthy you know that's not right right it's not good but it was for a purpose i was trying to achieve a goal now i'm i'm 270 pounds now so i'm i'm much like i'm still huge compared to a crossfit athlete right. <laughs> yes. um, you dwarf you know, me when people, i stand next see, to you yeah. but um you know i was a lot bigger and you know my strength is down. I'm nowhere near as strong as as I used to be. But the masters weights are lighter than they than than the open weight class. So having that better fitness should be beneficial, like we spoke about earlier. Mm-hmm. So where I've kind of sacrificed that strength, I'm trying to make up with endurance, speed, and wisdom. Having competed in, yes, you know, yes. I, I couldn't. I can't even tell you how many pro shows that I've done. I've got that experience of just knowing how to compete and. I'll give you a good example of someone asking, like, when I say, what do I mean by knowing how to compete? 
say there was a weight for max event, so a log lift for max. My goal is not necessarily to go and hit a PB. My goal is to focus on what I need to do to score decent points. So I might take a, a like a an educated attempt of say say you're my a young up and coming athlete and we're close in terms of what we can do. I might try and force you to take a PB as your winning lift. And I might Mm. try and purposely go like slightly lower. Um, And nine times out of 10, when you just get that safe lift in, but it's, it's, it's it's a decent lift, but it's safe. You've not pushed to the absolute limit. You'll get decent points because the people that push to the absolute limit, 50% of the time, 60, 70% of the time they fail. Mm-hmm. So just understanding kind of how to to pick up points in a competition is is useful as an athlete. It's not always about being the strongest. Sometimes being smarter is is beneficial. You know, you you touched on so many things there that I want to I want to make sure we get to before um I'll let you get back to your regular life, but <laughs> you you mentioned a few minutes ago now competing as a master, you know, potentially in a different phase of your life, you've got different priorities like family and business and things like that, but you're still who you are, potentially a, a wiser, more seasoned version of who you are, <laughs> but you've still got that competitive drive and all that. The ability, and I've experienced this with CrossFit athletes that now are in a different phase of their life as well. And some have more or less success with being able to flip the switch and make, let's just say, better or different decisions because you can have, you know, what you said is all appropriate. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be reckless. I'm going to do the good. Then you get out there in the crowd and the competition and the lights, and you're like, I'm going for it. Has has the transition been rather smooth and fluid for you, or do you still have that little monster on your shoulder being like, you can do this. Go out there and get it. You know, pull that thing. I like like us all. <laughs> I think anyone that says they don't is lying. You know, right, I'll, I'll right. have training sessions. I I, I train some really good up and coming guys, and we'll train we train on a Saturday doing like strongman events. And we, you know, I'll have a session with them, and I'll be like, I can still do this. And you know, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll put them in their place, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I can still do some impressive things. The problem is now. I get home after that session, and I'm like a broken man, kind <laughs> yeah. of on the sofa. <laughs> Pay for you know, it whinging at my wife that i shouldn't have done what i did earlier today <laughs> yes yes it's uh it comes it's, with the territory yeah it, i've looked like i know when it comes you know if, if i enter a competition on comp day i'm given 100 percent. there's no point in me saying i'm not it's just who i am i'm going to try my best mm-hmm. but i've learned to be sensible up to that day so mm-hmm. the goal yeah, now sure. is yep all right if if i'm training and I've, I actually think I've become uncoachable myself because I have to listen to my body. I, 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 I'm not willing, like if, if something doesn't feel right, then I decide there and then, right, I'm backing off. I'm not pushing just because something's on paper to do. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to listen to my body and, you know, live to fight another day. Yes. So I'll go and do some lighter stuff or adjust the training. So I need to be able to adapt you know, on the fly. So I don't think I'm very coachable because I've had people approach me asking if they can coach me. And I just think I'm uncoachable just because of a, a few of those reasons. Because of the injuries that I've had, now if I feel something, I'm very, very hypersensitive to it and I, I instantly back off. So my goal is to get to the competition because mm-hmm. if I get to the competition, then, you know, I, I, I tend to have this switch on competition day where it's like, right, what will be, will be, I'm doing it. Right. 
but but my my approach to training is a lot more sensible uh, and i'm very kind of conscious of listening to my body and, and backing off where i need to like i said i'm not doing this to make a living anymore i'm not a pro it's fun it's got to be enjoyable and mm-hmm. um you know, I still I still enjoy training. I love training, whether it's trying to do fitness type challenges. I love the skier, I love the rower. I'm trying to do two thousand meters on the skier at the moment in under seven minutes. I did seven oh two the other day. Yeah. So for a former strongman, that's not too bad. No, that's a, that's legit fast. I mean, that's that's fantastic. And a seven minute time domain is an eternity for a former strongman. That's a long. Yeah, it is. Event, I mean, I, I'm, I'm better at like five hundred meters. So I've done one fifteen on the the concept two rower, which is is pretty good. It's that cooking, kind of time frame, cooking fast, powerful legs. Though. <laughs> you know, yo, my goodness. I mean, you, I can see you destroying a five hundred meter row. You know, I want to get to you. Know, you mentioned that you've lost hundred pounds, which is one of the most fascinating and coolest things. I think as an outsider of your journey and just when I've spoken to you, I've been so impressed, so impressed with because, you know, it's interesting. There's, we've talked about strength. We've talked about how there's fitness and the two are related, but they can be different components. Then there's health and you might be pursuing a sport that involves fitness or strength, but you're not actually making healthy decisions, but you're doing really well in the sport. And then, you know, this could potentially lead to injuries and things like this. It's it's a very nuanced, complicated discussion that takes a while to unpack. And and CrossFit's the same, and, and Strongman has its things that I find so fascinating. So what I see interesting is, as an outsider, I'm curious now that you're a master's athlete, you've got three kids, you know, your perspective maybe has changed about what's important and valuable in this world and what you want to be around and capable for. You know, a lot of the strongmen are these huge mountains of people that for what they need to do, they're built quite well for it. Yeah. But there has to be an, an other just truthful conversation, which is like, look, if you are 80 kilos overweight, you might be crushing it right now in the sporting arena. Maybe you're in your 20s and you think that life will never catch up with you, but you're doing, your heart is working far harder than it needs to be. And walking 400 yards seems like a terrible thing that you don't want to have to do. Or running around and playing with your kids seems like a mountain of work and exhaustion more than it should be pleasure. And then there's the whole, well, to be at the top of my game, you know, one thing I didn't know that there's basically like no performance enhancing drug testing in Strongman. I didn't, I didn't know that as an outsider. And it was just like, yeah, there's not, you know, and to who is or isn't using it is maybe up for discussion, but they're certainly out there. And so you add that on top of a huge body mass index and whatnot. It's like, as impressive as the human beings are to watch, is there not a look down the road as to what's life going to be like when I'm 50 or 60 years old? And, and am I, am I cashing some, am I writing some checks right now that I'm going to have to cash a couple decades later? But I'm just saying, I'm going to ignore that for now. You know, what's you've you've seen the whole gamut. So what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think when you're in your 20s, you, you feel like you're indestructible and you don't have responsibilities. So 
you, you, you kind of got this tunnel vision. You're focused on one thing. And as you, as you get older, you know, having kids was a big changing factor for me. Suddenly there's, there's this little tiny person that is more important than anything else that you're doing. So you, you do start changing that, that kind of thought process as you, as you get, as you age and as you get older. Um, yeah. In my twenties, nothing else mattered. It was trying to be the best strong man that I could be regardless to risk, you know, Mm -hmm. it was, okay, that's what I want to do. I need to do this, push on and and, and try and do the best that you can do. I got to the point where 2019, actually, I ended up tearing my Achilles at world's strongest man. I remember you mentioning that. Yeah, that was, you were one of your more significant injuries, right? That was a, it was, it it was always going to be my last world's strongest man, but I wanted to go out on a, on a better performance. I wanted to go out walking, <laughs> you know, walk off <laughs> right, the right. a good start. Um, and I got very depressed actually after that. Um, Understandable. Yeah. Because I'd spent the good part of almost 20 years focusing on strongman that had been, you know, my identity and it had been, you know, what I'd focused on and, and been driven to do. Um, and, I, I was kind of on the sofa thinking, well, what do I do now? I've got nothing to show for it. Um, I'm kind of on the sofa. I've won these great titles, but, you know, uh, my body's wrecked and I've got to start thinking about my health, my longevity, my family, etc. So I had to kind of shift my mindset and focus on something new. I was like, I can't be 360, 370 pounds. It's just, you know, I was 30, 38 at the time, 37, something like that. And um, keep keep your train of thought, but but what does that? I don't know what it like. What does that feel like to be closer to four hundred pounds than to three hundred pounds? What is daily life like? Terrible. You know, I used to dread taking the kids out for a day out, like a um, like a, a theme park or something like that, because I was scared of how much just walking around would affect my recovery for training, which is mm. ridiculous now when I look back. You know, sure, I, sure. I sit here talking to you and I think. What the hell was wrong with me? Was sure. it worth it? But when you're in that tunnel vision of I'm going to, you know, I'm a pro strong man. That was my identity. I've got to compete. That's my job. And it was who I was. So there's me kind of making excuses to to try and lose weight at the time. I've got to keep this size on. It, it, it was a complete shift in, in mindset. It was like, okay, being the strongest person on the planet doesn't matter anymore. I've got to put these other things as a priority. So I was like there and then I was like, okay, I need to shift some weight. I need to focus on fitness. I need to make sure my bloods are good. My health is good because I want to be around for my daughter, my my daughters and son. And, you know, it was the best thing I did, which sounds weird when I was such a successful strongman. And I don't regret a minute of my strongman, Mm -hmm. but it was the time for me to start thinking about the future. Now, regardless of all that, I'm, I'm, I've get bloods done regularly. I'm relatively fit for my size. Um, you know, uh, I'm fit and healthy according to the doctor. I can, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to run a marathon. I probably, I, I reckon I could do anything physically these days. I, 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 say, I genuinely you're, do. You're down a hundred pounds. I bet you feel like a different human being. Absolutely. And when I was 370, I mean, I was 370 twice in my career. Once while doing strongman when I was, I was massive. I mean, I could squat whatever the hell you put on top of me. I was pressing, you know, monster weights. But being 370 pounds, whether it's all muscle or fat is not healthy. Mm. It's a lot of strain on your heart and on your, your physical ability. Um, 
I struggled to do my shoelaces up. I was struggled to walk around a 400 meter track. Remember my brother used to coach me and he's like, all right, today we're just going to walk around. Right. He wanted me to run around the track. I think I got halfway and I had to stop. Right. I you believe know, it, it. I believe it. It was just not a nice place to be in. Whereas now I do an hour cardio every day. No problem. I, I, I feel, you know, I love taking the kids out. I'll take my daughter to a theme park and have her on my shoulders all day long. You know, it's, isn't that great? It's great. And okay, I'm 20, 25% down in terms of top end strength. I'm still pretty strong. You know, I'm not now, in my hey, head. It, hey, it, now it, you it, can it, only back squat 550 for 12. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, I, I, I would say I'm about 20 to 25% down in terms of strength. So okay. it's a significant drop. I'm no longer pro strongman. That makes sense. But the minute I could kind of accept that. No one can. I mean, you you always get these odd comments. Like I'll have some kid comment on a video saying, oh, I thought you'd be stronger than that. You're supposed to be a, a former pro strongman. It's like, okay, I don't really care what this kid thinks. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy with my life. I'm happy with where I'm at. But it was a hard transition to think, you know, I was used to being this, this person. And now I've got What's to focus on being your identity, else. like you said. Yeah. The, the the real lucky thing for me is that I had something to go to. So going from athlete, I then luckily got into commentating actually and presenting and emceeing and then coaching. I mean, I've been coaching for years, but I focused on developing my coaching business. Um, and then I got this, you know, I started my YouTube channel and I just naturally had a load of things just start working for me, which was very lucky. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I worked hard to make it all happen. And suddenly I did. I don't have this identity as being the athlete anymore. Actually, a lot of people that know me now don't even know that I was an athlete. They're just like, "Oh, you're the guy that your uncle Oz. You do the commentating for for various different strongman shows." And I've become like a, a face and figurehead of strongman, right. which is amazing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a nice feeling, but it's nice to have something to focus on. I've got a, I've got a focus and a drive in a different area now, so I don't have to worry about being the athlete. I think the hardest thing for an athlete is not having something to move on to, because well, if we don't have that transition to something else, then we get lost, we get depressed, and we're kind of like reminiscing on what we used to be able to do, but can't do it anymore. And, and maybe that's what it is, you having those other things to focus on, because I was going to say, I have to give you credit because... You get that injury in the 2019 World's Strongest Man. You know, wanted to go out on a high note, didn't happen. That's a huge deal to at the at the twilight of, of a career. A huge deal. The, you know, I don't want to put any words in your head, but I'm sure that was mentally very tough, depressing. You know, you you Absolutely. you lump you lump all that together with being, like you said, the heaviest that you've been, 374 pounds. That very easily, instead of you deciding to pull yourself out of that hole you just well i should say but many people could have just as easily wallowed in self-pity and 374 pounds turns into 500 pounds two yep. years down the road because screw it what's the point anymore uh you know training sucks this is no good and the food keeps coming and now you've spiraled out of control so you were at a really critical time Absolutely. age weight the whole nine yards and thank goodness you made the decision that you did. And, and you're a much different human being sitting here right now. But what was the path? Because you know, we understand now that you made the turn. You made the good choice. But it's no joke. Losing 10 pounds is miserable. To lose 100 pounds is an astonishing achievement that not many people do. 
what worked for you? So first things that I needed was a kick up the ass for my wife. <laughs> that was um, don't we all? Yeah, that was number one. And my daughter, she's a major, major factor in my motivation for everything, for whether it's training, business, whatever. You know, she, she's she's everything, and I want to I want to make her proud. But all, all my kids, but my little one takes the the most interest in what I do. Oh, um, that's cool. Which is, she loves coming to the gym. She loves kind of watching what I, I used to do. She's just fascinated by it, and I think with my older kids because i was competing uh, i sort of missed out a little bit on on them being younger I, I, and i really reg- regret that hugely so you're trying to make up for 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 that you know now and i'm just making sure with the little one i don't make those same mistakes mm-hmm. um so yeah those those are my wife giving me a kick up the ass saying you know you can't just wallow in your own self pity and <laughs> waste away and do nothing i the gym for me has always been something I've loved doing. It's never been hard for me to go and train. Mm. Um, the training side of things was was actually the easiest side. But at two hundred, uh, the, 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 sorry, the second time I got to three seventy, I was just sitting around doing nothing, injured, fat, not even strong, and my fitness was diabolical. So, first thing I did was just start walking. Mm-hmm. I just started walking like ten minutes just to just make myself do something. And then I try and make sure next time I was like, okay, if I get, get to 10 minutes, I'll get to 12 minutes. Right. And then, yeah. you know, it was, a, it was a progress like that. I, I, my fitness actually improved very quickly. It doesn't take that long for fitness to improve. And it was literally challenging myself like that, right? Just make yourself do 10 minutes. If you can do 10 minutes and you still feel okay, do 12 minutes. And if you mm-hmm. still feel okay at 12 minutes, Try to get to 15 minutes. That was kind of the, the the start of the the process. Then I looked at getting a nutritionist. So I worked with a guy. I was going to say, walking's not going to get you there. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I got a nutritionist, and he wasn't right for me. I, I mm. you know, I, I did actually lose quite a bit of weight quite quickly. A lot of which was just water coming off. Um, very much like keto style diet, high protein, low carbs. Um, drinking egg whites eating just chicken and after about three months of that i'd lost about 30 pounds but i was like this ain't for me that doesn't (laughs) sound like something you're going to be doing five years from now yeah i I don't want to be a bodybuilder i don't Mm want to you know get on stage i want to get fitter i want to lose weight and, and look better but i just felt this isn't the right person for me yep so ended with him and found someone else that has actually was one of my clients uh, a girl that I coach she was getting into nutrition and she was like can I just you know use you as a um a guinea pig if you like and mm-hmm. we kind of had the same mentality you know my 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 focus is I want to enjoy life I don't want yes. to I don't, I like people go oh you're going to do a bodybuilding comp I can't think of anything worse I don't right. want to do a bodybuilding <laughs> right. competition right I I like that I look a bit better than I used to, but to get ripped glutes and stuff like that, it's just not for me. So mm-hmm. we looked at improving my relationship with food. I've, I've always Smart. had a very bad relationship with food from a very young age. It was what I turned to when I'm depressed. Um, you know, I'd overeat if, if I was, if something bad happened, I turned to food, whatever it was, it was always kind of that way. 
So Lindsay, who's who does my nutrition, we kind of sat down and came up with a plan. And it was very much sensible stuff. Let's get you eating the right amount of, of calories for your size to bring your weight down slowly. It was not about losing. It wasn't a 12-week transformation. It was right. We need to make some lifestyle choices. and yeah. improvements. So I got to eat a little bit of chocolate every day. I got to eat foods that I liked. We kept carbs in. You know, I ate. I think it was four meals a day plus some snacks. That's what I kind of tended to eat. Um, and we made sure it was food that I enjoyed because that I think is important for anyone that Absolutely. wants to lose weight. Um, and over two years, I ended up losing 102 pounds in the end. Uh, so it wasn't a quick, you know, it was never trying, let's let's do this as fast as possible. It's, it's still a work in progress now. I'm sort of at the moment, I'm at a position where I'm just trying to maintain my body weight. Um, but I still slowly, I'm trying to improve my physique and physical performance, but doing it in a way that's sustainable and mm -hmm. enjoyable. And that's, you know, training was easy. I, I, I love all forms of training. So whether I'm doing CrossFit stuff, fitness, I, I, I got into arm wrestling because I, I wanted something new to challenge me that was still strength related. Um, so I'm like a novice in arm wrestling, but I really enjoy it. Uh, I do. So I still bench and squat and deadlift. Sometimes I squat less than I used to because of a few knee issues, but I still try and squat sometimes. Mm -hmm. I might have a bodybuilding session. I might, you know, I'll do some sports, play sports with the kids, go swimming. I'm just really physically active. And I don't care if me taking the kids out for a day affects how much I lift on a Monday Good anymore. Good for so, you. Isn't that, a, isn't that an, in an interesting way years ago? that would have given you probably a mental complex and breakdown and you would have been so paranoid. And, and now it's freeing. It's so freeing. Now I look back and think, what the hell was I doing? I was killing myself for, for, for very little in the end. I mean, I look back and I'm not, uh, you know, I'm proud of what I achieved in Strongman. For sure. Without question. But, I, you know, when I see some younger guys, particularly when they're not at a high level, physically killing themselves, to try and do a novice competition, it really upsets me. And and as a coach, I'm very much people's well-being and health is more important to me than winning. That's not to say I haven't got people winning some great titles. I do, but I put those above winning. Yeah, I think that's a, a great way, a great way to do it. And are you well, first of all, what you and your nutrition coach did, I think is just spot on. There's so many in the gym or in the kitchen. There's so many quick fixes that I don't think are good long-term plays and they're not sustainable. And look, if it, if it works great for two weeks, but then you rebound back to where you were in six months, well, what was the point? You know, if you're looking to actually change your life, it sounds like both of you found something which, like you said, it worked for you. And I'm not going to, let's be realistic. I'm not going to eliminate every food that I enjoy for the rest of my life and never eat it again. What a miserable life that sounds yeah. like. You know, I don't it's I don't want to be grotesquely it's unhealthy, but I don't want to be deprived of any pleasure. Exactly. And and that's the thing. Like, you know, I, I I like being on a plan because it keeps me safe. But on a weekend, me and my wife go out might go out for a meal and I'll mm -hmm. eat what I want and enjoy it. That's life. And it's, you know, it's a nice place to be in. And it's like, you know, I don't have a bodybuilding comp to do, so I can do that. It's, <laughs> right. You know, if, 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 if you're someone that's competing and you've got a deadline and a goal, then yeah, you're going to have to make some more sacrifices. It's as simple as that. But for someone just wanting to 
physically be better if you if you you know so like I was I was probably well I was at least a hundred pounds overweight mm-hmm. you know, I had plenty of of body weight I could lose you can lose it still eating a decent amount of food, especially when you start being creative and understand what foods are higher in calories and lower in calories. You know, I met just simple changes. Like I like the bacon sandwich. So mm. take out the bacon and, and put turkey bacon in there. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, you know, it, it's better it, rather than having like bloom of bread. I'd use like thins or a wrap or something like that. Sure. And just, just simple little changes that suddenly you're going from, eight, 900 calories for a meal to 500 calories. And just, just small changes where you're still enjoying foods that you like. Um, but you're making sure it's, it's lower in calories, it's kind of higher in protein, whatever it might be. And, you know, it's, it's filling you up. And then after a while, your body starts adapting and you start getting, you know, I always found the first week of starting any nutritional plan was quite was was the hardest because mm-hmm. you're still craving all those kind of like sugars and the crap that you've oh, eaten. Yeah. And then when you start getting into it, you actually start seeing results and you want to stick to it and you want to feel good. And fitness is getting easier. Training is getting easier. You, you're performing better in the gym and that, that becomes motivating. Well, I hope people get a lot of motivation from hearing your story and I hope it inspires some people who have maybe been hesitant to make these changes to make them. Um, because I think a lot of people, sadly, if they're in that terrible spiral of maybe being a, a sedentary lifestyle, eating crap food all the time, uh, quite overweight, that I think a lot of people don't actually know what it, what feeling good feels like. And, Absolutely. And there's a whole nother world out there of, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, but I think a lot of people are living in a lot more discomfort and metabolic duress and achy knees back and shoulders and winded like life does not have to be that way even if it's been no. that way for years now it ain't going to be easy pulling yourself out of a hole that you've been in for a long time with like ingrained habits potentially emotional issues related to food like these are huge things to tackle but but the payoff is worth it like that yes. struggle is worth it so was your journey which is still continuing was it a relatively, once you got on the path, a smooth journey or was there stops and starts and pitfalls and ups and downs? There is, you know, it wasn't kind of just a, a straight, perfect line. You know, there, there's certainly weeks where I'd go backwards. I'd, you know, rebound a little bit, but it was always making sure that, okay, if you have a bad day, let's get back on it the next day is trying to, you know, nothing's perfect in terms mm-hmm. of, I think, you know, you're a former athlete yourself. It's funny. I, I have young guys messaging me, and if they have one bad day in the gym, they think it's the end of the world. They think they think <laughs> pros don't have bad days. Right? It's you know we've just got to deal with them and, and move on. And that was the same with the nutrition. Yeah, sure. There was times you know, like I said, you know, I go out for a meal. I might decide I want a pizza or something like that. It, mm-hmm. it was, but it was trying to make sure that okay, straight away, let's get back on it. Let's. If I if I am going to change a meal, try and make sure it's similar in terms of calories to the meal that I should be having. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I've over Christmas just ate what I wanted, didn't give a damn about it. Right. Yes, I put a bit of weight on, but then it's okay back onto the you know the the, the rhythm. It's making sure you don't continue that spiral, and just don't beat yourself up as well if you do there have you a bad right. day. It's human nature. We all, you know, we crave things. We will we'll kind of slip up now and again. It's, yeah, just start afresh every day, one day at a time. 
I always tell people you're only one meal or one training session away from being right back on track. Sure. You know, and there's somebody I follow who I like their nutrition, nutritional advice a lot. She posts on Instagram and she's like, I'm getting hit all the time now as, as Christmas was approaching. Like, what should I do about Christmas? What should I do about Christmas? I'm stressing out about Christmas. And she said, here's an idea. Focus on the other 364 days out right. of the year. Like that one day isn't going to be what destroys yeah. you. It's going to be, are you making bad decisions most of the time? Absolutely. If you allow yourself I, to I, just I enjoy Christmas, you're good. I saw something very similar. It was like, don't worry about what you eat between Christmas and New Year. <laughs> worry about what you eat between New Year and Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Yes. So I think maybe one of the last things I just want to ask you about is, in the world of strongman, you've been such a fixture. You've had such a radical body change. Uh, your fellow strongmen that have known you for years, whether they're your peers or the young up-and-comers, you know, a bit more focus on different food choices, longer training sessions, you know, being okay to some degree with a 20% or so decrease in your strength because it's giving you some benefits somewhere else. Have your peers in the community looked at you as a traitor is not the right word, but like you're doing something totally different. You're not one of us anymore. Has it been warmly embraced or have you got some, hey, could you help me out? Because I'm getting winded playing with my kids. Like what's been the response? Um, I'd say pretty positive for the for the most part. I mean, I'm I'm very lucky that I'm quite well respected within the sport. And I think, you know, one of the hardest things for me was I was never satisfied with what I'd done until I retired. Mm. When I retired, I looked back and I was like, do you know what? You did okay. I, you know, I, I, I never won World's Strongest Man, but I won a European title. I won a world title. I won three British titles. I won, I broke world records. You know, I've won more international shows than any other, any other British athlete. So I could look back and say, I did okay. Mm -hmm. And I've been very, very lucky to transition into a new role still within the sport that I love. And, you know, I've, I'm, I'm very lucky as well that I am respected by pretty much most of my peers. Um, there's probably always guys that you don't get on with oh, in, sure, in all sure. aspects of life, but for the most part, I really like the strength community. I think it's full of, of most of us are just misfits, <laughs> you know, found the gym. Um, but yeah, you know, some of the older guys that probably want to focus more on their health will ask well, what you're doing or, or how That's can you help cool. me with this. The younger guys are, are where they should be. They're focused on trying to be the best that they can fair be. Fair enough. Yeah, they, fair they enough. Don't, they don't care that this old man's lost some weight and isn't as strong. <laughs> right. They don't have to compete against me. And yep. I'm glad I don't have to compete against them anymore. <laughs> oh, that's uh, um, Well, again, I hope some people draw some motivation and inspiration for what you've accomplished. Oh, I will say, you know, and it probably it, it will help a lot of people. I think it's ourselves that put that pressure on ourselves and the expectations. You know, I was big laws. I'm a strong man. And you create that identity for yourself. Mm -hmm. No one else cares quite on it. You know, if, if you go out there, the only people that matter are your family and the people that are close to you, you know? So if someone thinks I'm weak I don't care. I'm happy with my life. It's, you know, I'm happy with what I've achieved in the past. Uh, and I, I'd advise people, you know, not to worry too much about what other people are thinking. Focus on what you do. Enjoy what you do. And then it's it, it's so much nicer that way. 
you know, have your goals, focus on that, in, enjoy your training, especially sports like strongman and CrossFit. They're not, they're not I mean, CrossFit's make you know, the money's growing and it's, it's getting better and so is strongman, but we're not NFL or something like mm-hmm. that. It, right. it's, it's do it for fun first. And if you get to that point where, you know, you, you have this ability to, to get to a high level, then great, you know, push it. But very few people do, you know, it's, right. it's elite level sport is for the few. It, it takes incredible genetics, incredible amount of hard work to get that to that level. That doesn't mean we can't all enjoy it. And I still enjoy training and I'll train forever, whether it's, you know, strongman, powerlifting, bodybuilding, CrossFit, fitness, you and me both. the sports are like, I, I need to have some kind of goal that I'm focused on. It's just the goal changes as your, your career goes on and you train every day, I'm sure yourself. And it's, you're not going to go out and compete against, you know, these younger athletes, right, no. but just like you've been doing it for my quality of life, my kids, my longevity. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a different phase of my life and it's, yeah. and it's great. Absolutely. And we'll, so, still, we'll still have those days when we think we can still do what we used to. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. We're still, <laughs> we're still human beings. Well, beautifully said, my friend. I, that's, uh, I think, a wonderful way to wrap it up. And Lawrence, as I said at the beginning, I really appreciate your time, knowledge, expertise, your, your honesty and, and transparency about your journey. And for anybody watching or listening, if they're interested in following you, finding out more about you, your, the, the, your coaching that you offer, you know, what, how can they, how can they learn more? How can they find you? Thanks, Pat. Yeah. Um, probably the easiest place is either Instagram, uh, Big Laws WSM on Instagram or my YouTube channel, which is, um, Big Laws official. So me and my wife kind of on there, loads of strongman content. If you're into strongman, we've got loads of history of strongman on there. We, you know, go to all the major competitions and, um, yeah, it's a great news outlet for, for strongman fans. Well, I appreciate it, man. Get back to your uh, family, and I'm sure our paths will cross in the future. I'm sure it will. Take care, Pat. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Cheers.